Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, it took a bit longer than uh, it was originally supposed to, cost a little bit more than it was originally supposed to. But uh, Steve Allen uh, has completed his work, the commissioner of this public inquiry into anti-Alberta energy campaigns. That report was submitted uh, some weeks ago. Uh, The government to date releasing that report. Interestingly, Commissioner Steve Allen says, I have not found any suggestion of wrongdoing on the part of any individual or organization. No individual or organization, in my view, has done anything illegal. It was certainly no secret that there were environmental groups very much targeting Alberta Energy and more specifically certain projects or certain pipeline projects. So what does this exercise demonstrate? What has this exercise done for Alberta? or by extension, Alberta's energy sector. Well, joining us to talk about the release of this report and uh, where we go from here, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Alberta's energy minister, Sonia Savage, joins us. Minister, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me today. So, I mean, it seems like the takeaway is that there was no wrongdoing here, but but in your view, what what do we need to know about this report? What does it tell us? Well, I think what it, what it showed is that there was a, 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 a what we had always uh, what we had always uh, predicted and was that there is a very sophisticated and coordinated campaign that targeted our oil and gas sector in an attempt to frustrate or delay delay it. And, I mean, I saw over 12 years of that underway when I worked in the energy sector and we saw how it targeted pipeline after pipeline from Northern Gateway, Energy East, Line 9 to Trans Mountain. So I think what it did is it, it confirmed our suspicions and theories and uh, showed with a significant level of detail how this happened and how the, this, uh, these campaigns operated like an industry unto itself, like a business, uh, looking for funding, seeking funding, funding, applying for grants, and those grants came across the border from multi-billion dollar uh, foundations and targeted our energy sector. And in the, in, as well... It uh, targeted domestic legislation, policies, regulations, and in an attempt to influence them. So I think we all should be concerned about that. Well, when does foreign funding become a concern? I mean, it was pointed out today, and, and you talked about it today, in fact, that the Canadian Energy Centre is, is engaged in, in a multi-million dollar ad campaign in New York City. That, that's, I suppose you could say, a, a foreign-funded campaign. When, when is foreign funding, when, when does it cross the line? Is, is it hypocritical then in that sense? Well, I think when uh, you, you have to look at back at some of the tactics employed by these by these campaigns, and they stacked regulatory proceedings. They came into our regulatory proceedings and they stacked it. When they didn't like the outcome, they litigated. When they didn't like the outcome of that, then they would chain themselves and blockade things. They uh, made efforts to actually change our laws, our policies, our regulations. They they uh, undermined regulators. That's a very, very 
fundamentally different thing than than advertising in in somewhere else. They targeted it, and they did so in a way that uh, harmed and hurt Albertans. People lost their jobs, they lost their homes, they lost their businesses, families were hurt, and the impact to the province uh, in terms of royalties lost was in the billions of dollars. Uh, money that could be used and should have been able to be used to fund essential services. So I think that the, the fact of the matter is it hurt Albertans, and uh, Albertans have a right to be outraged. The commissioner says, I'm not in a position to find that these campaigns alone cause project delays or cancellations, that if we're concerned about project delays and cancellations, there are other reasons for those. Is, is it unfair to, to blame these groups? Well, I think, uh, you know, when you're in a public inquiry, it's a quasi-judicial type of process where he has to, has to use evidence and prove things as a matter Don't of... Don't we all? Uh, yeah, but in, in this case, uh, I, I'm not surprised that he didn't find that the campaigns were the sole cause of uh, cancellations. We know that there's always market considerations at play, but there's no questions these campaigns played a significant role. They were intended and they were set out specifically to raise costs, litigate, delay, create uncertainty. And his report documents in really significant detail how these organizations took credit for. They boasted and they celebrated and took credit for pipeline cancellations. And I mean, all, all we have to do is look at the veto of Northern Gateway, how that unfolded and the tactics that played out there. To, uh, to understand the connection between the veto of that pipeline and the campaign, it was direct and obvious. So the finding that it's not the sole cause is not alarming. It targeted and specifically set out to, to, to uh, delay and frustrate these projects. And it did it. It ex- executed those strategies with precision. It was a brilliant execution of the strategy. And uh, we need to learn from that. Well, I mean, by the same token, I mean, Alberta has employed strategies, legal strategies to uh, try to prevent or delay certain policies, Bill C-48, Bill C-69, the federal carbon tax. We've gone to court to litigate against these matters. So, I mean, if someone feels passionate about something and and they have legal means in order to try to achieve those ends, is, is anything untoward happening? Then they should raise that money domestically in Canada. What we're talking about here is multi billion dollar foreign foundations, things like the Moore Foundation, the Hewlett Foundation, the Packard, they funneled funds into our country through grants and uh, funding agreements to uh, specifically target our energy sector. They doled out money from those foreign foundations in a similar way to how universities give out scholarships. And it came across the border to, to, target, to target our, our people and their lives and their livelihoods. We should be concerned about that. I mean, nobody's disputing that people have, have some very, very legitimate concerns with climate and with environmental initiatives, and they have every right in the world to express those concerns. But this, this isn't what the report was talking about. It's talking about foreign money coming across the border without proper transparency and disclosure and creating and wrecking havoc in our in our energy sector and people are hurting from it but more importantly um, that's the past Um, it's good to know what happened and it's an important piece of history to have documented but i think what what alarms me and concerns me more is how successful these tactics are and the potential and the likelihood 
that they're going to be used to target the energy resources of the future. Things that we're doing here in Alberta to diversify and to lower emissions, things like hydrogen, carbon capture utilization and storage. We're about to launch a a critical and rare earth mineral strategy to look for things like lithium, cobalt. Um, the, The potential for these types of campaigns to target that is 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 severe and uh, I, I think we need to take the learnings of the report to make sure it doesn't happen again because if anything that report said this is money looking for a cause so that's going to be looking for the next thing and the next thing is is the things we need to diversify our economy we can't let that happen so the money that came into Canadian charities for environmental initiatives, uh, Mr. Allen points out there was $925 million between 2003 and 2019, but he says only $54 million of that was specifically directed toward anti-Alberta resource development activities. $54 million over 16 years. Uh, significant. Well, I think, uh, I mean, the numbers were confusing to me, too. I read the report, 650-page report. I read it three times, and I read the corresponding Deloitte report to understand it and and follow it and trace it. And what it found um, were significant numbers. Um, We're not talking small chunks of money here. The report found that over $15 billion came across the, the, the border to support charitable interests, and a lot of those are going to be benign and purely charitable interest. But he also found $1.28 billion came across for environmental initiatives. And that's where it gets difficult to trace because he's, he's tracing and looking for words on what the grant was labeled to be for. And he found a number, like in the hundreds of millions of dollars directed to marine planning um, as well. And, well, we know what that was. That was a tanker ban. That was marine planning off the west coast of B.C. that led and set up Bill C-48, the tanker ban, and ultimately vetoed Northern Gateway Pipeline. It uh, also showed hundreds of millions of dollars to work on uh, um, conservation initiatives, things like the creation of the Great Bear Rainforest. Well, Sounds like you can't build a pipeline through the Great Bear Rainforest. And if you want to go to the west coast of BC for LNG or for for any uh, uh, oil pipeline, you're going likely encountering the Great Bear Rainforest. So there's a lot of money there. Um, frankly, I'm surprised that he found 54 million dollars that blatantly described the use of it to be anti-energy campaigns in Alberta. Uh, environmental groups got smarter after Vivian Krauss and uh, others started researching what they were doing, those groups got smarter and it got tougher to trace what the funds were for. And that's the problem that we're trying to address here is is the transparency. That money's coming across the border. I think it's in the public interest to understand that it be disclosed. Where's the sources of funding coming from? Well, I mean, does that transparency apply to industry as well? It is. In fact, uh, the Engos have pushed industry for for transparency to disclose climate risk and ESG standards, and industry's doing that. There's no legislation requiring to do it, but industry's doing that because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And environmentalists can can be more tra- transparent tomorrow. They could mm-hmm. disclose it. All they, they need to do is disclose where do they get the money from if it's coming foreign, and what are they using it for. And yet it comes across the border in a very, very difficult way to trace. It's like throwing a penny in a, in a pond, in a muddy pond. The further that penny sinks, the harder it is to find. 
pretty hard to find, but the further it sinks, the harder it gets. Well, I mean, register, registered charities, registered charities file with Revenue Canada, right? And and so, and again, it, we should reiterate, as, as the commissioner said, there, there was nothing illegal going on that he found here. Well, they, the, the thing is, they don't disclose where their fund, their foreign sources of funding comes across the border and goes into what uh, the commissioner describes as regranters. So it can come across the border, might get disclosed somewhere. But then it loses its character. It gets distributed out and transferred from organization to organization. And all of a sudden, it ends up funding things like, uh, you know, like uh, a stacking of a regulatory proceeding. We've seen that happen before, and it's funded by funded by foreign funds. Right. So but okay, but, but wasn't part of the argument control. here that that funding at its original point, where it originated, that that funding had a specific purpose. What you're suggesting is that the funding didn't have a purpose, but eventually worked down to people who already had an agenda. It's, it's, the, the point is it's, there's not transparency. Uh, the commissioner okay. himself said it's very difficult to trace this. Um, it's very difficult because you're, not everything is disclosed and not everything is described. And even funding that he can trace coming across the border for one purpose or another can get this redistributed to other organizations and regranted. So it's very, very difficult. And I think that's why, why uh, the, the commissioner uh, commissioned the forensic accounting report by Deloitte. They looked at over 200,000 documents in 200 organizations to trace it, and they do- well documented the difficulties in, in following the money. But, you know, I think that the, the point is how much money it is, uh, whether it's $10 million, $10 million or $10 billion, to the person who lost their job, lost their home, lost their business, it doesn't matter. They were hurt. And I think that's the point of it. They were hurt by foreign funding. And even more so, um, or equally as important, is that money targeted changing our laws and regulations. And that, here, here in Alberta, here in Canada, laws and regulations and decisions regarding resource development should be decided by Albertans. Albertans own the resource, and it's Albertans that have the right to determine how to do it, not some multi-billion dollar foundation in the United States. The Commission also pointed out on the topic of transparency and accountability that perhaps we need more of that at the Canadian Energy Centre and, and cited as one of the, the challenges for the Energy Centre, uh, the fact that uh, the Board of Directors is comprised of three cabinet ministers, y- yourself included. Are we going to see some some changes to, to the Canadian Energy Centre resulting from this? Well, I think we've already seen a, a lot of changes inside the Canadian Energy Centre. They, you know, what they were off to a rocky start. I think they've overcome some of the early, earlier problems, and they've refocused, as the world has refocused and is in more paying more attention to ESG, and as the world is looking for lower emitting sources of energy. The focus inside the the Canadian Energy Centre is focused more on ESG and research. Um, they've done some some good work uh, producing research reports and and more recently some paid advertising campaigns to talk about uh, Canadian energy cleaner, closer, committed to net zero. So I think some of the earlier hiccups are are um, are fixed. And by the way, the Canadian Energy Center is audited by the Auditor General yearly. Every penny they spend is audited 
by the Auditor General, and every penny they receive comes to them from from the government by government grants. So there's there's not a, a lack of transparency there, and everything everything they do, every tweet they make, every project they do, every research paper is meticulously scrutinized by people who are the critics of the Canadian Energy Centre. Can we do better there? Yes, and we're, we're, we're working on that, and I think they've refocused their attention on research and uh, more traditional... Uh, okay. tra- but the Board of Directors structure is going to remain, will remain the same? Well, that's, it's always where, how you set things up, um, how you set things up. It needed to be set up as a corporation that's owned by the government of Alberta. It's not ideal, but that's how, that's how it was instructed to be set up. And I think that's a totally separate question than transparency. And in fact, I think that actually makes it more transparent. We know, we know that it's a government entity. It gets funding from the government. It's audited by the auditor general. So um, the, uh, but I think more, more importantly, I think the Canadian Energy Centre is, has gotten over the first, uh, its initial rocky ride. But again, there's always going to be critics of the Canadian Energy Centre because that's how some of these groups operate. It's a distraction. They're never going to like it. They're never going to like the public inquiry. In fact, there was litigation by EcoJustice to try to shut down the public inquiry. That's the tactics. That's how they operate. And criticism is fair. Criticism and, and fair co- is, is fair and freedom of expression is fair. But I think what the report, the inquiry report was getting at is if it's foreign funding, we should know we should know where it came from and what it was used for. And I think right. that's well, fair. And I think Albertans have a have a right to know that. All right. Well, the report is posted online. People can read it for themselves. Minister Savage, thank you so much for joining us here today. Much appreciated. All right, there you Thank go. You. That's uh, Alberta Energy Minister Sonia Savage talking about the release of this report and uh, what should come of it. Wanting to see more transparency in uh, how foreign funding is administered to charities in Canada. I guess that might require some some legislative change at the federal level, perhaps. Anyway, your thoughts on all of that? 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.